For two plus decades now, Blue October has been stirring audiences. We've watched, followed, and loved them from the early beginnings of Hate Me to whatever they show us tomorrow. We bleed blue, and many of us have used that blue blood and this amazing music to get through our own experiences. It's always been there. Welcome to Just Sway, the Blue Experience, where your host, Lucas Peterson, takes on and shares everything Blue October. Let's Just Sway. My name is Lucas Peterson, and welcome to episode 19 of Just Sway. Welcome to 2021. Wanted to get episode 19 out as soon as I could. Had originally planned to get this out at the end of 2020, right around the Christmas break, but some technical difficulties uh, with traveling, just had some problems there. So welcome to 2021. And with 2020 gone, I'm glad to get some new episodes in here. 2020 offered a lot of different things, right? I mean, coronavirus, the lockdown, all the different things that went on in 2020. And one of the things about the lockdown was the fact that so many people were available and had a bunch of time to talk and be creative and those sorts of things. And I kind of cashed in on some of that stuff. So myself and Alternative Affairs podcast host Jason talked with Matt Noveski back in July. And it was a great interview, a great talk. He is one of those people who, when you get in front of him, if you have his time, you can just tell that you get 100% effort. He's all into the conversation. He gives you 100% of what he's doing right there. He is in the moment. He's focused, just like he's on stage. He's known for kind of just being stare straight ahead, do my thing on the stage, and get it done, do the best of my ability, and get it out there. And it was kind of the same way in a, in a large sense in talking to him. You just knew that he was super passionate and intense on the conversation. He listens to every word. He responds to everything. He knows what you're, what you're talking about. And it was a great conversation. So I'm excited to share that one with you here. First, however, remember, if you enjoy Just Sway, please remember to hit that subscribe button. You'll be notified when a new episode is available. And I'd appreciate if you enjoy the podcast, leave me a rating or a review. If you don't feel like Just Way is worth five stars, go ahead and leave me a message. Let me know what I can do differently. Why do you think Just Way isn't worth five star review or rating? And if you want to write a special review on iTunes or Spotify, I would love that as well. I like sharing some of those things. I'm, I think I'm going to share one at the end of this episode here, but it's definitely appreciated. And also make sure to follow the show on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Just Sway Podcast and just reach out. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Want to talk some more Blue October? I love interacting with people out there. It's cool to get the different stories. It's largely where I find these stories that I'm coming across and sharing and so much more that I'm going to be sharing going forward here. All that being said, I appreciate that you're here. Thank you for sharing your time with me. And let's just get right into this episode. Uh, again, like I said, I talked with uh, Matt back in July with Jason from Alternative Affairs Podcast. If you want to hear the first part of that interview, go check out 
Alternative Affairs podcast. You can hear that first section where Jason really focused on the music and the other things that Matt is doing, the production side. It was a great conversation there. And then when we moved into the second part of the conversation, I tried to focus on the fan aspect and just getting to know Matt a little bit more. He's one of those guys that's kind of off in the background, and I don't think there's a lot of people that know too much about him. So I wanted to focus on that and give you a little bit more insight into who he is. And so here we are, two hours later after we talked to him. Uh, I get to share this little bit of it with you, and let's go. One of the things you brought up, uh, you know, when, when you and Jason were talking about was the songwriting. And I know as fans, uh, we don't know particularly. I haven't heard you talk a lot about the songwriting that you do with Justin. So, you know, and I know you've done that for a long time um, in, in writing. You know, we can go back to, you know, You Make Me Smile and then the recent ones, Daylight, The Weatherman. Give me an idea and kind of an insight into how does that process work between the two of you? Man, that's, that's a, I love that question. Um, it's, it's funny because we've been doing it for so long that it's kind of just second nature when it comes to writing with Justin and I. And I, I write just like he writes with a lot of other people. I write with a lot of other people as well. You know, so I'm constantly kind of bouncing back and forth between like, okay, you know, until this year, we had this, this semi-regular lifestyle of like okay you're home for a couple months you go on the road for a couple months you come home for a couple months you go back on the road for a couple months and you're kind of bouncing back and forth and everybody's just used to that being the way that things are that's our normal and so throughout that process you know you kind of you go home and then you work with other people you know and it's like you know i go work with a country artist or i go work with a pop singer whatever and so i wind up you know doing that and then i come back to this very comfortable situation of being of, of working with justin who I've, who I've been working with for 20 some years. So he's literally been a songwriting partner to me longer than anybody else in my life, you know? And when you, when you've done that and, and not, not to say that it hasn't evolved because it has evolved from the early days from, you know, you make me smile is one of the first songs we wrote together a long time ago. Um, to now it's, it's a different, it's a different process, but in some ways it's not like in some ways it's just because it's easy, you know, it, when he and I work together, when we write together, it, at the beginning, it used to be very much Justin handled all of the lyrics. So for me, it was pretty cut and dry. It was, hey, I have a riff. Let me show it to you. Or, hey, I have a progression that I think you might really like, and this is the tempo. And, it was, and if he was inspired by it, he'd go, I dig that. Let's lay that down and let me put some vocals to it. James was a song that was kind of like that, right? I was like, hey, I have a riff. And it was on guitar. It was, was that chorus part. Justin loved that. And he went, okay, hey, let, yeah, let's, well, let's work on that. Let's work on that. And he would handle all the lyrics. But in the last few years, he's become a lot more open to sharing lyrical ideas with other people and working on lyrics with other idea or uh, ly lyric ideas with other people, excuse me. And so he and I have watched that part of it evolve because it's very much now, you know, as where it was like, hey, I have a music piece. Here's, you know, this Lego. Now you take your Lego and snap them together. Now it's, hey, let's, you know, let's actually figure out what, this lego looks like before we snap them together which is a much more intricate thing you know so when we start talking about lyrics and the message of the song and exactly what it is that we're saying you start getting much deeper into the well, wait a minute like where's this coming from you know like like with weatherman for example there was there was you know some moments where it was like you want to say that you know like is that 
is that cool? You know, like, where is this coming from? Is this, you know what I mean? Like, this is real. Uh-huh. This is very genuine. This is coming from the heart. So it's a lot deeper process. And so we've seen that evolve. But but I have to say that because we've known each other for so long, there's this, this familiarity that is really hard to duplicate. And I do have other people that are with that I'm comfortable with, like my friend Casey McPherson, my friend Paco Estrada. Those are two of my favorite people to write with because we work very quickly and we really flow off each other and they don't let me get away with anything. They're constantly testing me, you know, and constantly telling me, no, that sucks. It could be better, you know, and I love that. I love I love being tortured, (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know, so I enjoy that. But but when I work with other people, when I work with somebody for the first time, I'm not going to lie. There's probably at least once or twice every session. I think to myself, if I were working with Justin right now, this would be a lot easier. When you when you work on a song with Justin, and especially let's talk let's talk like way back in the day. Let's let's go back, and I think yeah. the perfect song to talk about is James. So when you yeah. wrote yeah. with with Justin on James, and then you heard how dark the lyrics kind of got. Did you yeah. did you feel like whoa, like where is this dude going? Because I remember no. when you said when you first joined the band, like this dude's on a whole nother level. I mean, were yeah. you kind of like, what are we writing here? Like, am, uh, were you a little like standoffish, or were you totally just embracing it? No. In fact, it's funny that you say that because I think that the thing that really drew me to the band was the lyrics. Um, I didn't love the answers, to be honest with you. I didn't dislike it. I didn't hate it. There were things about it that I really liked. But as a whole, I thought it was missing some things. When I heard it, I was like, there's just some things it's hard for me to identify with. You know, like some of it musically is not really totally my, you know, my cup of tea. But lyrically... It's con- I'm connecting with it and it's punching me in the stomach. And so to me, it was almost kind of a challenge. Like, well, maybe if I step into this and it's a good fit and we work well together, maybe, maybe I can inject a little bit of my personality into the music too. And maybe there's room for that, you know, and maybe that'll, that'll like, I can be a part of something and I'd be a part of that process. So to me, when we worked on James, that was confirmation of anything to me, that was like, okay, yeah, I made the right decision. This works. Like, this is, I want to do this. I want to be here. I already loved the guys. We already got along like we were bros immediately, you know. But, you know, it's like when you're talking about writing songs together, that's next level. That's a different thing. So there's always going to be like that kind of like, well, is this going to work or is it not? James was like, I remember finishing James and going, okay, I don't have any doubt that I belong here. Like, I don't have any doubt that I have, I can offer something to this band. You know, and again, like to me, I didn't, I wanted to hear something darker. I wanted to hear something creepy and, you know, not, not what you heard every day. And at the time when we were writing that song, there was, there were a lot of songs on the radio that I couldn't stand, honestly. And I'm sure I was just being a snobby 20 year old, you know, but like, I did not care for the Goo Goo Dolls. I didn't care for Matchbox 20. It just wasn't my bag at the time at all, you know, and now I respect the hell out of them. Like now I actually, I'm like, I'm a big Gin Blossoms fan actually. But back then, hey, back then I wasn't into it. You know, I was like, no man, I want to hear like, I want Jane's Addiction. I want dark and heavy. And, you know, so I, I guess like when, when we did James and he went there with it, I was like, I love that he is down to do that. I love that he's down to get real grimy with this, you know, and was, honest. And was your uh, songwriting kind of experience or... Uh, beginnings before Blue October then? Is that what I'm hearing? Oh, yeah. No, no. I definitely wrote, like, I, I had another band right before I joined Blue October and, and with some of my best friends at the time. And um, there one other guy and I wrote uh, 
pretty much everything between the two of us. And again, I think back then, I don't think lyrics were my strong suit, but music, uh, you know, I even like, he and I are, are still really good friends to this day. And, and, you know, we, we still, you know, <laughs> we still like are, have nostalgic moments where it's like, man, we should actually record that song from back in 1995, you know, or six, <laughs> um, you know, just cause there was some really cool shit. Like we did some really cool stuff together and I really, I loved writing. I loved writing, um, on bass. You know, again, I'm a big Eric Avery fan from from James and Eric was really the heartbeat of James Addiction and all those songs are iconic bass lines. I wanted that with my old band. I wanted to be that kind of bass player. And so I wrote a lot, you know. Did you kind of experience then the same kind of I don't know how to phrase it correctly, but I've heard Justin talk about, you know, coming out of going into recovery, being sober and having to deal with a little bit of a different approach in your life, and I haven't heard you talk anything about that side of it, but sure. in writing from the dark to the light, we, we can say that in air quotes, of course, did that change at all in that in that time period? Um, was there any difference for you that you felt? You know, absolutely. I mean, but the, the, the funny thing about that is I think that that, a good way to kind of sum that up, and, and I guess when you talk about the mechanics of the songs and the songwriting and the lyrics that's where it's most evident. Right. But the, 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 the truth is that I say to many people, I could never do what I do where I'm at in my life, having a family at my age, you know, just been through what I've been through. I could never go out and do what I do with four other people like this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's because we have all been through this together and because we're all in a very similar place. Because we went through shit together. We went through hell together and came back out the other side. But we're also adults now. You know, we're also fathers and husbands. And we're just not the same people we were in our 20s. And we're, and we're, we're, not, we're not, we're not the, the selfish people that we were back then either. Not the people looking for validation like we were back then. You know, so there was definitely, like you said, like during that time period of like, okay, we went from like being really dark real like any man in america dark to sway and things start really changing and start like we're going to go through this metamorphosis and things become a lot more like hey you know what there's there's hope you know there's actual real hope in the world that was a very natural thing it was cathartic for all of us and it was very but it was also very natural for all of us so for me my favorite three albums from us are our last three albums Okay. And it's not not because I'm most excited about them, but just because I feel like they are the most like what I would listen to. We had a great interview in Chicago with Blue Sunshine State. Yeah. And we talked about the rebirth of Blue October. And yeah. we talked about how, you know, the time and, and I think that's one of the most compelling stories that I hold held on to. And uh, Lucas, I talked to you about this before, like the, it was just so cool hearing how Matt was saying that, you know, I learned to not be selfish when I became a father and I learned yeah. that it wasn't about me anymore. And, and honestly, I'm not going to be here if it's not for the fans. I'm not here if it's for the other guys that, that listen and download and purchase our merchandise and our, and I thought that was extremely, I thought that was grateful because as a fan, it makes us appreciate, be appreciated to be appreciated, I guess. Uh, sure. And I thought that was pretty cool to hear that. And, and it was uh, obviously nice to hear that 
you had to kind of learn throughout the years that, you know, I, I don't need to be selfish. I'm doing this for the craft and because I love what I'm doing and I do it because I love doing it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, and that's when you're, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, tw- when I was 27 years old, it was the worst year of my life. It was the absolute worst year of my life. I was in just a- like agony. I was, but, but looking back on it, it was self-inflicted. It was very much self-inflicted. And, but I think that you have to go through that. I think that you have to have those times. I think that you have to kind of hit rock bottom and then kind of crawl out of that and go, you know what, man, I, I don't need to treat people like shit. You know what I mean? I don't need to just try to just take, I don't need to take and just what's in it for me. You know, I need to stop and realize that life is much bigger than that. Life is, is not about that. And then I think like, like we talked about before, and I remember that conversation very clearly, I think when it really hits home is when you become a father, because you go, you know what? Now I don't have a choice. Now I am living for someone else, plain and simple. It ain't about me anymore. Right. You know, and you kind of stop and look around and you go, I'm not like, there's nothing more special about me than anyone else. You know what I mean? I'm just, just very, very blessed. And and I'm, 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 you know, fortunate, very fortunate. And I love to work. That's exactly it. And what was what Jason was talking about, and I, I watched that interview with you guys as well, listening to you guys sit there and chat during the, the sound check with Will and with Tim Beck was <laughs> really cool to watch just because it was so real. Like, okay, there's a bunch of sound going on. There's these loud echoes and bass and stuff. It's like, this is just real. Like, these guys are just sitting here talking. I'm lucky to be part of this conversation. But one of the things Jason said right there was, you know, the allegiance that you guys also have to the fans. And I have a really cool story that I was able to connect with some fans who are, uh, you know, a couple of fans. Do you remember making a video for a guy named David for his wife, Stephanie, before their wedding? I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I talked to them. First of all, they wanted me to say how thankful they were. But that sort of stuff is the things that you guys do, those little things that, and it's inc- it's an incredible video, but that endearingness of just those little moments and whatever time it took you, a minute, five minutes, I don't care. Like the impact there was huge. Why is it so Im- important to you guys that you do these things? You, you know this because I don't see our other artists or bands do so much of this this special kind of, outreach like that well i you know to me i guess i don't understand why they don't you know and and you know i'm friends with with other musicians and and i'm friends with other artists and i'm not going to go on you know i'm not going to start bashing you know friends of mine and the bands that they're in or mm-hmm. anything but i'm friends with a lot of other other you know musicians that tour and play in other groups and i'm not you know i can't speak for them either but but i i do see what you're saying to like to a degree, I don't see as much fan interaction without there being strings attached. You know, it's like if you're going to have some kind of fan interaction, well, then there there needs to be a re- like some kind of a valid reason for it. You know, and to me, it's like, well, why? <laughs> why does there need to be a reason for that? You know, like how how's this for a reason? The fact that I have a home and my kids like go to nice schools and they have food in their belly like is because people support us like how fucking hard is it to just take two seconds and talk to somebody you know or 
spend a little bit of time genuinely trying to get to know them. You know, like that's yeah. not difficult. Those are not hard things to do, you know? So again, I think a lot of it really, I, I think that when you're young and you're thrust into the spotlight and you don't, you don't like get, there's not really somebody out there that's making you check yourself. You kind of develop this God complex, you know, or you kind of develop this, like this sense of, well, I am more important than other people. Like I, there's a, there, there's like a, a sense of self-importance that you see with certain artists. And in some ways, like, you know, I've been around other artists that are like mega stars. Right. And I've spent, you know, one, one instance in particular at the studio is around somebody that is like one of the biggest stars in the world, literally. And I hung out for a few hours and I really just soaked it in. And I walked away from it, like very happy because I was like, first of all, this person's way cool, like way more down to earth than I would have ever thought. But at the same time, seeing the other uh, way that other people around them treated them was kind of messed with my head a little bit, you know, like how could this person not think that they're more important than everyone? Uh-huh. And it's not because of okay. something that they're doing. It's because of the people around them treating them like they're royalty or treating them like they have, you know what I'm saying? Like that there's a difference. So, but with us, we're not such a huge band that we get that kind of treatment, you know, and, and we just don't, you know, so, so that's good, (laughs) but we're also, um, we're also a band that's been through a lot of shit and we've been through a lot of shit together. So I think that when that happens, you, 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 you kind of like constantly go, you kind of wake up every day and you're like, man, I'm never going to take this for granted because this was almost taken away from me. This almost went south real quick and it didn't. And I am never, ever, ever going to forget that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's important. I wanted to ask you now that the documentary is out, it's done. Everybody's got the chance to go view it, you know, on getbackup.tv. What were your, I haven't heard you talk a lot about it. What were your kind of final thoughts on the, the final piece, how, how it came out? I loved it, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. That's a really, really, really tough thing. You know, when you talk about something that's, you know, seven years in the making, is there any, is there like, is it even possible to really be happy with it? You know what I mean? Like something like that. It's like working, it's like Chinese democracy, you know, it's like, you know, it's like 10 years in is Axel ever going to be satisfied with it? You know, so making a film and a documentary where it's like, you're taking, 20 some years of a history of personal relationships and you're trying to you know put that into three hours or two and a half hours that's a that's a tall task and it's hard and i think that if we had approached it like a just straight up like vh1 behind the music band documentary it would have been very difficult but because there was a purpose to it and because that purpose kind of made itself known throughout the process which was this is very much more about recovery this is very much more about the fact that there's hope. You know what I mean? That you like you can you can get back up from anything in life. That really took over the narrative. And I think that we all I think that made at the end of the day, we're all very happy with it. No, that's that's perfect. I would have loved to have, uh, you know, known more kind of how you guys all were feeling in watching that thing the first time. Cause, and I was with Justin when they did the screening here in Dallas, the very first time um, at the theater, uh, Justin and Ryan came up and it was amazing. And Nori was there and, and all, all the kind of behind the scenes people, a lot of them were there. Um, so it was really cool. And, but Justin was drained. Was it kind of the same thing for you in watching that the first time? Like, ugh, like it's just so yeah. heavy or, I mean, give me, Give me some yeah. insight into that. I, I, 
I had to watch it by myself. Okay. The first time I had to. And I knew that I did. I knew that I had to watch it by myself because I, I feel like with something like that, you ha- you got to let go. You know what I mean? You have to just like, you, you got to let it be what it is and you have to just completely like let your guard down. Right. And so I wasn't ready to do that in front of anybody. You know, I was, I didn't want anybody in the room with me watching it the first time because you're, you're reliving a lot of things and a lot of emotions that you, you've become numb to, or you've chosen to suppress to come back up again. And it becomes so real, you know? So to me, it was, um, it was heavy. It was really heavy watching it again. Yeah, and I've heard and watched all the fans' comments on it, and you know some of the things I hear a lot of is your part in there where you're talking about how difficult it was, like during that time of the you know the intervention with Justin, you and your wife had just had Liam, which was a huge moment in your life, and then now you had this thing completely distracting you and had to go deal with that. But the loyalty, the loyalty is what I really caught up or picked up when you talked that story in there is this is the right thing to do. It sucks for the timing, but he's my brother in this band. He's my friend. I have to go do it. Yeah. You know, in in some ways it may sound weird, but I almost feel like the timing was, was perfect. Okay. You know, and, and at the time it did not feel that way. At the time, it felt exactly like what you just said. It was like, this is the worst timing possible. Like, I am going to do an intervention with somebody who's like a brother to me, and this could go horrible. You know, and I am five days into being a father uh, to a child with serious special needs, not knowing anything about it until five days ago. You know, like, I'm walking around in a fog right now, you know, and I have to go deal with this. Yeah. You know, at the time it was like, it, you know, I, ha- I hate to sound like poor me, but but I'll be honest at the time I was like, is somebody just fucking with me right now? Like, is somebody really like, did I do something? <laughs> did I do something wrong to somebody? You know, like, it, it, does this really have to happen five days later? Can I not just get a month? But looking back now and even a year later, like looking back, I actually think somebody was doing me a favor because. I was so vulnerable because I was in such an emotional state of like, just like, I just feel like a blank slate right now. My whole world's been turned upside down. And, and I'm not, I don't mean this like in a negative, like poor me way, you know, but it's, it's just been turned upside down in the sense that everything that I thought was normal for me is, is going to be much different. My life is going to be a lot different than I thought. And I have this, this beautiful little human being here that's going to depend on me in a lot of ways I wasn't expecting, you know, for the rest of my life. And, and then I think being in that frame of mind and then going and having that intervention, it kind of helped me. It kind of helped me just let go. It kind of helped me walk in, like just going, you know what? I just fuck it. You know, like, let's, let's do this. (laughs) Let's do this, man. Let's get it out. You know? And, uh, and I think that, I think that, having two things like that that wind up being two of the best things that actually happen to you but are extremely challenging in the moment having them in the same week it's 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 kind of strange looking back on it now it's like there's maybe there's a reason that that happened the way that it did you know That's because those those two beautiful. events wound up changing everything 
I just applaud you for you know taking that perspective to it, making you know the the silver lining is there, and you know you're obviously some time removed from that, but being able to see that is really just turning it into the best thing it could be. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. I think um, one of the things, and, and Lucas, yeah, I wanted to step in and just say, you know, I think yeah. one of the most powerful things about the Blue family, uh, as we've all become known as, it, it, it's so strong and compelling from a fan perspective to see what it was like for you all to go through those trials and tribulations. And sure. and I think because, and, and I, I hang on to Jeremy's words, he said it in the documentary that Blocktober is more than just four guys in a band. Uh, it's, it's a culture, it's the fans, it's everyone that you've come in contact with, um, and, and very much the fans, right. And you've got people that have been loyal fans for 20 plus years. And I think that's pretty amazing seeing that story and being so raw and being able to kind of come out and see what you guys did go through. I think everyone's been wanting to get a, a, everyone kind of assumed and I think assumed wrongly. And there, there was a lot of bad things and good things and wrong things that were written about you guys and about your past and about Justin's past and how he treated you all like shit and all that other stuff. And it was nice to kind of see some reality to it. It was nice to see what you all, what your perspective was. Uh, so I know for me, it was, it was, it was personal as well because I think so many people, kind of have a personal story to associate directly with you all. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's, that's one other thing is like everyone kind of, they immediately associate with you guys because it was either because of alcoholism or drugs and uh, addictions, or it was because of really bad relationships or it was because of custody battles or it was over <laughs> uh, some other relationship that's gone wrong. You know, we always have some type of connection with you guys. So that was pretty powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that, you know, that's the thing is, um, you know, as a fan of of other artists myself and as a fan of some artists growing up, you know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big documentary buff. You know, I love, uh, music documentaries, love documentaries. And, um, and I love, and I love, you know, bios too. I love like Don Felder's book is one of my favorite books ever. Um, Don, you know, his story about his role with the Eagles. And it's kind of funny because when I read Don Felder's book, um, uh, I read it while I was on my way. Uh, we had, we were going up to Michigan to our lake house for vacation with my family one summer. And I read it. Uh, I read the whole book basically on the drive. <laughs> we drove up there. Right. And we get up there and I finished the book. And then the, the Eagles documentary happens to be on while we're there. And I watched the documentary and I heard the exact same story about when Don got let go from Glenn Fry's point of view. And it was funny because it was the same. He told it the same way. And I didn't expect him to. I thought Glenn would at least try to make himself look like a nice guy, you know, and he didn't. He was like, yeah, I, I'd let him, you know, he basically was like, I'm, I'm an a-hole, you know, and and he but when he said it, it was kind of like what you're saying. It was like, wow, instead of this just reading the book and this just kind of being left to my imagination and me making assumptions, it's, there's now I'm like, OK, now I really get it. You know what I mean? Now I see from both of their point of view exactly what happened. You know, so I get that. Yeah, I get it. And I, I think that I I do think that it's hard to not. It's, I think no matter what, though, when you're in the public eye to some degree, 
people are going to make assumptions and people are just going to have their own versions of things, you know, and people are going to say, oh, this is what happened and this is what happened. And you just don't really know unless you were there, you know? Yeah, it's very true. And you you nailed it, Jason, like putting the truth to that was huge. And we got to give the the credit where credit's due too. I, I've gotten to know him a little bit, but Nori Niven and, you know, yeah. a lot of the people that worked on that, what a fantastic job, huh? Yeah, no, Nori is, Nori's just one of those, he's kind of like, he's kind of like Chuck Reed. Like he is just one of those people that like you are always happy to see. You know what I mean? Like Nori, yeah. there's ne- it's never like, oh, hey, Nori. You know, it's like, shit, yeah, Nori's here. <laughs> you know, like I love this guy. He's just so awesome, you know, like, and he really genuinely cares. Like he's just so, he's, he's the kind of person when he walks in, he doesn't, he doesn't like he doesn't have his guard up about anything, you know. He's yeah, very yeah. honest, very genuine. It was so cool talking to him and watching him get choked up and emotional in talking about this after it was done. Uh, you know, after it was released, you know, we he was so fortunate with his time and did an Instagram live with me, and he got choked up about it. And I was wow. like, man, he really like the Cares. he just he feels it. And um, I I don't. It was just, it was super cool. That's really cool, man. I mean, I love to hear that. I really do. I, I, you just know, you know that he cares. And ultimately when you, when you're putting something as important as that into someone's hands, you, you need to know that they care, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I I wouldn't, you you don't want to trust that with somebody that's just doing it for some kind of ulterior motive. Right. Yeah, exactly. That could be, that could be pretty scary. It could. Yeah. And I think, and I think that that's why you see sometimes, you know, you see, uh, you know, things change hands and it's not that because somebody, you know, somebody's a bad guy or, or girl or whatever. It's just, it's just more than anything. It's just when it's something like that, it's, you have to really, you gotta, you gotta have some history with the band and you gotta, you know, you have to really, really genuinely be passionate about the story. Yeah, you really do. You know, and there's no, there's no doubt with Nori that that's the case. Yeah. Great insight. So the only other thing I had left that I've always wondered, kind of, it's kind of generic, but I don't think I know enough about you. Sure, yeah. If you if you weren't playing bass, and you weren't producing, and you're always going to be a father at this point, what else would you do? Uh, voiceovers. I think I would actually do voiceovers. Um, I uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a story buff, man. I love a good story. You know, I love good TV shows and series and movies. And I wanted to, I actually wanted to go to film school when I was younger. Um, and I wanted to go into writing screenplays and, you know, the older I've got, uh, the older that I've gotten, I realized that's definitely not my calling. That's not something I think I would truly enjoy, but I've always, I've always had this, uh, fantasy about doing voiceovers and, you know, being a, uh, an audio actor. <laughs> see that's another thing you know, like you and i like yeah. have something that see i, I never knew that actually i yeah. like i told yeah. you before i aspire to be a voiceover actor like that was something that i dreamed of doing 
And there when I go, realized, man. holy yeah. shit, this is going to be a lot of work and it's really competitive and yeah. don't try to like, <laughs> yes. this is way harder than even just trying to break out into the music or acting scene. Like this is really fucking hard. It, right. It's and really hard. You I know? unfortunately kind of said, okay, well then no, it's not for me. I won't, I won't do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> it, it, it is ultra competitive. It's also one of those things too, where I think it's really easy to kind of get in your own head because you got people around you and they're like, oh, you do really great impressions. You should get into voiceovers. And it's like, yeah, it's not that simple. You know, it's like, it's not really uh, all it is. And I, I've actually gotten a really, I've kind of got my, my interest has been re-peaked, I guess, in the last few years because uh, the studio, because of owning the studio, we do a lot of audiobooks, and we do a oh, lot cool. of, uh, okay. yeah, we, we do some, some scoring and some things like that. So I've actually gotten to see some things go down. And so I've learned a little bit more about that side of it. And it's kind of, it's kind of made me like, I'm like, huh, maybe maybe one day who knows maybe one day this is something i could somehow you know just uh by by association from somebody being here i could sneak my way into you know you need never know. someone uh you hit me up all right buddy there you, you go you, you need someone to do some some <laughs> sure. books yeah hit me up all right i, lo- I love it <laughs> i have a really cool story it's it's not anything related to music or blue october but i had a different podcast about uh ride sharing and I picked a guy up once who told me that he wanted to do this, exactly what you guys are talking about. And he had an incredible voice. Immediately when he started talking to me from the back of the car, I was like, dude, like, do you work in radio or what do you do? And he's like, no, I've never done anything like that. But I've got friends who do it. I've wanted to do it. You know, I just never have had the, the means to go have a demo made or produce or whatnot. And I was like, man, I have a podcast. I'm pretty sure I could make you a demo. Like, let's do it. And we set it up. We did it. He, uh, he, he, you know, we did like four different commercials. He, he just found some random commercials and then he voiced them, made a demo. A couple months later, he, he sends me a message and he's like, hey, Lucas, I need your help. I was like, okay. He's like, I got an audition for a movie. And I was like, okay, you know, yeah, sure, I'll help you out. We did it. We did this new, uh, you know, another audition, another demo for the Sean Connery documentary. So he, I made that one for him. Two days later, he sends me another message. Hey, I have to do another one. They want me to do this other part uh, or slow it down or something like that. Did another one for him. He got the part. Wow. That's Isn't awesome, that cool? man. That's so <laughs> that's cool. So cool. It's just random, you know? Like, you just never know what's going to happen, man. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, yeah, it was so cool. It's like the right place, right time. And Did I he have to really be cool. Sean Connery? Be a part of it. Was he Sean Connery? That's really did, cool. Did he have to do it like this? <laughs> <laughs> that's great Shaking, not I, I actually follow um i follow some voice actors on on instagram i'm a gamer too you know so i like like nolan north and troy baker and i follow some of those guys who voice a lot of characters and in, in different you know popular video games but um i follow bob bergden and he does uh he's like he's the modern day porky pig and he does oh, a lot he, wow. does, he does marvin the martian now and He's pretty awesome, man. I just like, I feel like to me, it's like I, you know, I'm just really fascinated by that. I'm really interested in that side of things. Yeah. It's, it's like you said, it's not easy. It's competitive. It's, it's really tough to crack into, but you know, good. It's, it's a cool business. It's it very, is. It's, it's very it, competitive actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things. And Jason, you know, this too, it's one of those things too, though, where it's like, if you get that one break, people kind of tend to go to the same well over and over. You know, you right. just need that one, that one break, you know, it's like, you just never know. Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I, I want to wrap up here on the recording and just say, you know, thank you so much for the time, Matt. I know you guys get thank yous all the time for the impact you have on all of, all of our lives. And I don't think you ever, you guys ever really have an idea on how much change you affect on so many people. But thank you. I, I can tell you that, you know, what I want to do with, with my podcast with Just Sway is share these stories and get this message out so people not only hear the music, but they hear the power behind that and the message that, you know, you're helping to share and, and these lyrics that just spread it out there. It's such a positive feeling behind this now. It's absolutely amazing. Um, other than just keep on doing it, we all love it. And thank you. Well, thank you, man. Any, any, I, I really appreciate that. And anytime you guys need me, just, just let me know. I love doing these. I really do. I actually love, pod, I'm a podcast buff myself. <laughs> I really am. I, 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 I listen to, I subscribe to several, but I, um, I've been, I've been, the, the Lions ones are super boring right now because there ain't nothing to talk about. You know, it's like the Lions ones are really fun up until the draft, you know, and that's like the draft's over and it's like, okay, let's rank the top 10 tight ends. You know, it's like, who cares? but, um, yeah, but I think podcasts are just, they're awesome. They're incredible. I love doing well, them. Well, I so just actually anytime. produced my introduction for, uh, the Bucks Nation podcast and, and, and I'm super, super stoked about it because it sounds badass. Oh, that's great, man. So I love it. I'm excited man so week 16 i just looked it up week 16 look for it in your inbox man i'm gonna be hitting you up and uh we're we're, we're gonna talk some football man dude i am in i am in 100 <laughs> let's do it i'm serious let's yeah yeah no I, right. thanks a lot man i really do appreciate the time that you spent with both of us and everything all, all yeah, good my pleasure guys thank you both so much thank you matt okay thank all you. right we'll wrap you it up too. see you later man yeah. Now I got it all out It's on the floor Come party With me In the daylight With me Well hopefully I was able to share A little bit more about Matt Noveski And just kind of who he is As a person outside of Blue October With some Blue October related things in there Obviously as that's what Just Way is all about But just getting to know him a little bit more as a person I think he did open up a little bit in there. And, uh, you know, I want to say a special thank you to him. I mean, for taking the time, all that time out on that night that Jason and I were able to talk to him. It was so great. Just very pleasant conversation. Easy to listen and chat with him and just get to know him a little bit more. I was very appreciative. And thank you to Jason as well for setting that up. Go make sure and follow his podcast as well. It's Jason at Alternative Affairs. And I'm going to put a link to the first episode that he did with Matt Noveski in the show notes. If you want to just scroll up on your phone, you can check that out. The other thing that's cool that's coming out of Matt Noveski and the stuff that he's working on is the other artists. We already heard from Alex Nicole, who's a great young artist. And then I've got a few other ones who I'm also in touch with that he's working with. And I hope to share them in this new year, in 2021. Hope to, you know, talk with them, get their story, get some music from them, and share those too. Because I think there's some great Blue October sound in there, and then them taking on their own kind of individual sound as well, like just like Alex Nicole is doing. So I'm excited for that too. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun year ahead. And if you're listening to this in 2032, you're going, what the hell is this guy talking about? That was a long time ago. <laughs> but in any case, I am 
excited to get into these other episodes and just to get this new year started off the right way. So one of the things I want to do on the end of these episodes, maybe not every episode, but I definitely want to do it more often, is just read some reviews. And maybe that'll help to, uh, you know, encourage you to maybe leave a review. You want to leave me some positive words or tell me the things I can do differently. Please, I'm definitely open to criticism. Send me a message, whatever you want to do. Just let me know. So here's one from Ashley Earhart. And Ashley was my guest on episode 13. We talked about a photography project and it was a great episode. So she decided to leave a review. I, I really liked her words here and I wanted to get this one out there and share it with you. This is on iTunes. So it says, from the first episode that I listened to, it was apparent that Lucas has a gift for interviewing. He artfully weaves the stories of his guests with the music of Blue October in a way that broadens the connections fans of the band have. When listening to the podcast, there's an ease and grace to the interviews that make you feel as though you are sitting with close friends over dinner. It is a privilege to watch the podcast grow. Keep your ears and eyes open because Lucas has a true talent and is definitely going places. I thank you so much, Ashley, for those kind words. I'm excited to just be able to do this, what I'm doing right now, and share this band and these stories with you out there. I'm going to keep doing that. So wherever the future lies, I don't know, but I'm going to keep doing this because I think there's so much here that I've barely touched on, and I'm excited for it. I look forward to sharing these stories as much as I can. I'm not as consistent as I need to be. It's one of the things I'm going to change in 2021 and look for more information on that. I'll put some more stuff out on that as soon as I can nail down a more concrete schedule for you. But just know that that is something I'm focused on for 2021. And with all that being said, I want to say thank you again to Matt. Thank you to Jason. Thank you for listening. Thank you for that great review Ashley if you want to leave a review on iTunes or Spotify please do so I would love to share it make sure you subscribe to the show follow the show page on Instagram or Facebook just search for Just Way Podcast and until the next time you hear my voice keep graceful dancing and you're a superstar on your own and I'm looking over your shoulder getting older and God only knows Stop.